Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. Well, Movement Youth, I just love you guys so much. I told Tyler today, I called him on the phone, and I just said, I just love the youth so much. Like, when I go to our Instagram account, and I look at all your little faces on the pictures, I just think, I just love them so much. I just love being with you guys, and and you make me feel like I have the best job in the world, truly, because you're just amazing. You have a a heart for the Lord. I feel like I'm almost going to cry right now because of how much I love you, okay? Um, Also, our small group leaders are absolutely phenomenal. Can we give it up for our small group leaders tonight? They, they care about you so much that every single week they choose to, to be here and to pour into you, and you should be so, so grateful for them. Well, last week we talked about being light, right? We talked about being the light of the world, being a light in darkness. And we looked at Matthew chapter 5 and went through verses 14 through 16. To say it very quickly, it says, You're the light of the world. The town but on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's what we went through last week. But there's this other word in Scripture that's right before that word. It's, it's in a verse right before that passage that we went through last week. So last week was verses 14 through 16. But tonight we're going to go through the verse before that, which is verse 13, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And that word that we are going to talk about tonight is the word salt. Everybody say salt. So this is what verse 13 says. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty Again, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So that tonight is going to be our main focus, salt. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for these awesome, amazing students. Thank you for the heart that they have for the Lord. Thank you for Drew and and just what you put on his heart and just the the work that you're doing in his life. And God, I just pray that uh, tonight in this room, these students would just be receptive, truly, that they would just break down those walls, those barriers that are keeping them from truly um, being the salt of the earth and living for you, and that you would just have your way in this room, and that we would just humbly um, step out of the way and let you move and let you do what you want to do. Thank you, God. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, did you guys know that there are over 14,000 uses for salt? Over 14,000 uses for salt. That is a lot of uses. Okay, you can do a lot with salt. And so I started researching some things that you can do with salt, and I thought that I would share a couple uh, with you tonight. So how many of you like mac and cheese? Anybody like mac and cheese? Woo, really like mac and cheese over here. So the next time that you make mac and cheese, maybe you already do this. But when you boil those noodles in the water, add salt to the water, Because it actually raises the temperature of the water and makes your noodles cook faster. Mind blown, right? So try that with your mac and cheese. All right, how many of you like mosquito bites? If you raise your hand, you are psychotic, okay? Please don't. Please don't do that to yourself. All right, so if you you have a mosquito bite, 
I had no idea, but you can actually soak your mosquito bites in salt water, and it'll help. Wow, mind blown again. All right, how many of you have smelly feet? I do sometimes. I do, I, I do occasionally have the smelly feet. So when I was pregnant last year, my feet would get so swollen that when I put shoes on, like these shoes were out, like I just couldn't even fit my foot in them because my feet were so swollen. So they had no room to breathe at all. So it was like they were just suffocating in this like shoe bag with no air in it at all. And my feet some days would just smell so stanky and bad that we couldn't handle it. In fact, at fall conference last year, my feet smelled so bad that in our hotel room, we took my shoes and we hid them in the closet because we did not want that smell to get to our nasal passages, all right? But I've got good news for you and for me. Apparently, I have not tried this. If you sprinkle a little salt in your shoes every now and then, it is supposed to help with the smell, all right? So try it out. Let me know how it goes. When I'm pregnant again, we can try it. So those little weeds, next thing, those little weeds that pop up in between the sidewalk, you know what I'm talking about, or like in a patio, like they just pop up in between on the little crack thing. You can dump salt on the weeds, let the rain come, or dump some water on it, and it will kill the weeds. You're welcome, all right? Next thing, this is the last thing I'll tell you, okay? When you're in the Iowa winter, and you're standing in that school parking lot, and across the way you see your crush, and you are ready to just run, 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 but oh no, oh no, a slick spot. They didn't put the salt down, right? If you put salt on pavement, like on a slippery surface, it can save you from falling on your behind and making a fool of yourself. So it has a purpose there. Salt has so many uses, it is crazy. And in fact, in the olden days, like in biblical times, salt was a necessity of life. Like they had to have salt. Salt was so valuable that it was like money. Like they would trade salt with each other because of how valuable it was. They needed salt. Salt had so much purpose. And in case no one has ever told you, I want to tell you tonight that you are needed and you have a purpose. Do you know how many things had to line up so that you could be right here, right now, living and breathing? Do you know how many people struggle to have a baby, to get pregnant? Do you know how crazy it is that there is not another person on the planet who is you that has your DNA? God decided to bring you specifically into this world because he thought you were necessary and he had a purpose for you. So if you've been told at any point in your life that you're an accident, or that you're a mistake, or that you're not going to amount to much, I just want to say, excuse me, but God does not make mistakes. He has put you on this earth for a reason. He has made you the way that you are, the way that you look, the way that you talk, the way that you laugh, the way that you cry, even if it's ugly. He made you, and he did not mess up, okay? So salt is important, and Jesus says that we are the salt of the earth. He has put us here for a reason. We're important to him. And when the Bible was written, there were a couple of primary purposes for salt. Just a couple primary purposes. Because like I said, it has a lot of uses. But two things really stood out in biblical times. Okay, two purposes. The first one was to season. So you'd use salt to season. 
And the second one was to preserve. So if we're first going to look at seasoning, okay? How many of you like McDonald's french fries? All right. Okay. I would like somebody who likes McDonald's french fries and who has rhythm. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Thomas, I'm going to invite you up. Okay. All right. Thomas. <laughs> All right. You can have a seat, Thomas. You go ahead and have a seat. Okay. Well, I need you to have a little bit of rhythm for this illustration. You can go ahead. You can open the bag. If you don't like, face the crowd a little bit so they can see you. That they can only see your back over there. You could just start eating. If you're uncomfortable with people eating in front of you, you're going to have to get over it because Thomas is just going to have at it. I'm really curious if he's actually going to finish it by the time we're done. But I'm just going to have a little um, interview with Thomas. So, Thomas, as you're eating those fries, um, can you just tell us tonight what you love about McDonald's fries? Um, I just love them, but. What do you love about them? They're they're a little cold. Tyler got them as as like right after work, so we we apologize for that. But would you say that they are better than Burger King's fries? Of course. What about uh, Chick Fil A's? Mm, no. Okay. What about Potato Olays? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So you forgot what Potato Olays were? Taco John's. Yeah, you, you get it. Okay. Sweet. Okay. So do you ever put salt on your McDonald's fries? Okay, good. Does anybody ever put salt on their McDonald's fries? Okay. God bless your heart, literally. Okay. Literally. Your heart needs to be blessed after all that salt. That's kind of also psychotic. But anyways, um, do you know the McDonald's Big Mac wrap? Have you heard of the McDonald's Big Mac wrap? You want your mind blown? Okay, then I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the McDonald's Big Mac wrap. But this is why I need you to have rhythm, because I need you to help me do the wrap. All right. Does anybody know the Big Mac wrap? Is this is this before your time? This is gonna absolutely blow your minds. I'm so excited for this. Okay, so Thomas, I need you to do this. I need you to go boom, boom, Big Mac, boom, boom, Big Mac. And I'm gonna do the wrap. Just just you go boom. Boom, Big Mac. You don't stop until I'm done. I'm going to say crispy at the end, and then you're going to be done, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, so you, you got to start. No, no. Boom, boom, Big Mac. Boom, boom. You, you can do it. Just take a break from the fries. Put them down. All right. Yes. Okay, keep going. I want a double cheeseburger and hold the lettuce. Don't be fronting, son. No seeds. I'm gonna be up in this drive-through. Order for two. I've been craving number nine. Like my shoe. We need some chicken up in here in this hizzle. But rizzle my knees. Put some salt on the grizzle. Dr. Pepper, my brother. Another for your mother. Double, double, super size. And don't forget the fries. Crispy. <laughs> All right. So how how would you rate that rap? Ten out of ten. Thank you. Did you even hear it? like chokes during it so I just wanted to check make sure you're okay okay so what do you normally dip your McDonald's fries in like do you do ranch do you do honey mustard what do you do ketchup okay any ketchup people out there any ketchup people okay okay 
um, what do you normally drink with your fries? Like when I when I did that rap, I said Dr. Pepper. So I have a Dr. Pepper for you. Here you go. There you go. So that rap that I did, it was actually an order. Okay, I'm not endorsing the rap. I'm just saying that there's literally people that went up to McDonald's and they did that rap as an order. And they said that they wanted a Dr. Pepper. They actually wanted two Dr. Peppers, one for the brother and one for the mother. And then they said double-double super size. That's big. That's not a double-double super size. I don't even know if that's real. Um, but would you say that when you have McDonald's fries because of the salt, does it make you thirsty? Okay. Um, so not only is the seasoning of the salt on the fries so good, but it makes you want to take a drink of Dr. Pepper, makes you thirsty. Okay, that makes sense. Because when I go to when I go to Who Hot or Who Hut, as your sister would say for some reason, um, she still needs to figure that out. Um, or if I go to the the Waverly uh, Chinese Buffet, R.I.P. I'm always very uh, thirsty, like I want something to drink. And you know, I think when Jesus said Thomas that we are the salt of the earth, I think he wanted us to enhance the world and make it a little better, just like that salt on those fries does. I think that's what he meant. So just like, just like the salt on those McDonald's fries, instead of leaving a bad taste in people's mouth about what we say, about how we act, I think that Jesus was saying that we should make things taste a little better for the people around us. And then after that, after we make things, you know, flavorful and fun and we make things taste a little better, I think it's going to make people thirsty for Jesus. Would you agree? All right, let's give it up for Thomas. How, how many fries did you devour there? Okay, you can take it with you. I wasn't going to let you, but they're almost gone, so at this point, whatever. All right, let's give it up for Thomas. Tyler, move my stand. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's give it up for Thomas one more time. All right. So listen, if you want a bland, boring life, then be boring in life. If you want a boring school, then be boring in school. If you want a boring church, then be boring in church, okay? It is up to you to decide whether you live a bland, boring life or a life that is filled with flavor and excitement and seasoning. And hear me out. There are too many salty people and not enough people who are salt, okay? Jesus did not say you are the salty people of the earth. He said you are the salt of the earth. And if you're salty, you're going to complain about everything. But if you're salt, you're going to do something about it. So if you don't like your school, then start to season your school. Start a Bible study like Drew and Annabelle. Okay, smile at that weird kid. Pick up someone's books when they drop them. Try something new. Start initiating conversations. If you don't like church, then season the church. Walk in and bring life to it. Smile. Walk in with a smile. Talk to your small group leader. Meet somebody new. Audition for the worship team. Help run sound. Brainstorm fun nights and, and tell me about them. Write your testimony, okay? I learned really early in my life that life is way more exciting and flavorful when I stepped out into things that were uncomfortable. Because bland is easy and boring is easy and comfortable is easy. But Jesus does not call us to be safe. He calls us to be salt. So salt, it seasons, right? Just like the salt bay, like you, you know, 
like goes like this. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like that little meme thing? You, anybody? Okay, good. So, so salt seasons. But the other primary purpose that salt had that I said earlier was to preserve. And seasoning something is very different from preserving something. When we season something, it's really, really fun. You get to bring, you get to bring good news to people. You get to shine the light of Christ. We get to hold open doors for people. We get to smile at people. We get to be kind to them. We, we get to make life flavorful. We get to make life fun. We get to try new things, even if it's, you know, a little uncomfortable. We get to season our lives with Jesus. With, we get to go to church, right? Seasoning is fun. But when you preserve something, there's a little more to it. We don't just season our lives with Jesus. We surrender our lives to Jesus. So it's not just a sprinkle. We, we cover ourselves in Jesus. Listen, every time, every time in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus brought up salt, before that, before he brought up salt, in different ways, every single time, he talks about what it looks like to actually follow him, to surrender to him. So he goes through all these things. Hey, this is what you have to do. This is what it looks like. And then after all of that, after you, after you do all of this, then he says, you are the salt of the earth. But the thing about preserving something is that when you do it, you kill the bad stuff so the good stuff can live. When you preserve food, okay, let's say you're trying to preserve food, which is what they did a lot back in the day. You coat it, you cover it in salt. And the salt draws out the bacteria so that the food doesn't go bad. It pulls out anything that would corrupt the food. And when you are a follower of Jesus, there is this constant surrender of pulling out the bad, pulling out the corrupt so that you can truly live. So it's just not a seasoning anymore. It's a surrendering. And the thing about salt is that it prevents, listen here, it prevents infection. It does not take away, it doesn't cure or take away the bad stuff. It just constantly draws it out. It stops the spread of infection. And the truth, guys, the truth is that we are sinful people. We have sinful desires. We have sinful thoughts. We can't stop sin from happening, but we can do our part to stop the spread of it. And so every single day, you got to evaluate yourself and you need to preserve the truth and draw out the bad, draw out the corrupt, draw out the sinful thoughts, draw out the lust from what you saw on that screen, draw out the bitterness you feel from a parent who treats you like the parent, draw out the gossip on the tip of your tongue. And we die to the flesh. We do not let those things live. We draw it out. And this is not just a one-time thing, okay? This is an everyday thing. Because your faith is not a destination, okay? You're not just going to someday be like, oh, yes, I arrived. It is a journey. It is a constant surrendering. Every single day, I die, me, I die to my flesh. 
I die to the insecurity. I die to the doubt. I die to my past. I die to the comparison. I die to the striving. I die to the selfishness. And when you guys get married someday, you're going to die. When you become a parent, you're going to die. And I'm not talking a physical death. I'm talking a, a fleshly death. I have to die to myself as a wife. I have to die to myself as a mom. Even though I'm hungry, I got to feed my daughter first. Even though I'm tired at 1 a.m., when my baby's crying, I got to scoop her up and hold her in my arms, hold her tight. I die to my flesh. And I just told Tyler the other day, we were driving together, and I said, you know what? We do a good job of dying in our marriage. We die to our flesh. We don't just think about ourselves. We've got a bigger thing going on here. And so we've got to die for each other. So if I don't want to say sorry, I got to die and I got to do it. If I had the wrong tone, I've got to correct it even when I don't want to do it. If Tyler ruins his fifth chapstick in the dryer, I still have to offer mine. I have to die. If he wants the blanket, even though I'm cold, I have to die. I have to let him have it. I'm going to let the worship team up. But listen, I would not want to do any of those things if he didn't die for me, if he didn't do them for me, but we die for each other. And God says in the Bible, I love that he tells us that we are his bride. The church is his bride. And Jesus already died for us. And now it's time for us to die for him. And by that, I mean taking up our cross and letting the sinful things die every day. Because sometimes I think we have this idea as followers of Jesus that as soon as we make that decision, as soon as we choose Jesus Christ to be in our hearts and our lives, that everything is just going to go away. The sinfulness is going to go, go away. The unrighteousness is going to go away. And so we can get frustrated when we see a friend who just gave their life to Christ and then do something so stupid. Or we get frustrated when we surrender our lives to Jesus and we take off the things that are popping up on our screen. We unfollow the accounts. We stop clicking on the things and all of a sudden we have a weak moment in the night. But every day you have to die. Jesus said, every day we have to take up the cross. Do you know what happened after Jesus took up his cross and he carried it? He had to die. Boys, I'm going to ask you to pay attention right now. Every single day, all of us in this room have to take up the cross and we have to die to the sinful things. And you know, with Hazel, she doesn't have to die to her flesh for me. She doesn't know any better. But I love her so much 
then I am willing to die every day for that little girl. And even when you're ignorant and you don't know how to die to your flesh, God still chooses to love you every single day. Jesus was still willing to die for you on the cross like he did. But we cannot live our whole lives using the excuse that we did not know any better because all of you guys in this room, you are getting to the age where you know better. You know right and wrong. You know what God wants you to do and what he doesn't want you to do. So let your sinfulness, your comfortability, your selfishness, your lust, your fear, let it die. And instead preserve the truth, not your truth, not their truth, his truth. And you preserve it by dying to yourself. And can I just tell you tonight that it is so worth it. Preserving the truth is so worth it. Because Drew said it beautifully earlier. If you are more concerned with your status than you are with being salt, you're going to live a bland, flavorless, meaningless life. And get this, your status is always going to change your popularity status, your relationship status, that is always subjective. And by that, I mean that it changes all the time depending on who you're around. And if you're looking at your status more than being salt, you're always gonna be confused with who you are. That verse says that if salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And you will let people walk all over you if your worth is always tied to what others say about you and what status that they give you. But if you preserve the truth of who Jesus is, of what he did for you and the life that he wants you to live, the result will always be the same. You will be the salt of the earth and you'll have a flavorful and beautiful and impactful life that will leave others so thirsty for Jesus Christ. So don't just season this world with your salt. Don't just show up to church. Don't just post a Bible verse on your story. Don't just say your prayers before bed. All those things are great. But preserve. Preserve your purity. Preserve the truth preserve the identity God gives you and do it by surrendering every day and letting the sinful things of your life die. And I know that we talk about this, but there are things in your life tonight that I know that you need to let die. Lust, pride, ungratefulness, bitterness, abandonment, insecurity, trust issues, regret, your past, shame, lying. Season and preserve. So if that's you tonight, I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. So if that's you tonight, and you're finally grasping this concept that Jesus literally took a cross after he did no wrong, and he carried it on his back with a crown of thorns in his head, and he walked up through that cross. His own cross that they used to kill him. And he did it so that you could be forgiven of these sinful desires. But you continue to live in sinful things, in sinful choices, in sinful thoughts, in sinful looks. And tonight, you need to give up those things. You need to let them die. And you truly need to accept Jesus Christ into your heart 
and believe that he is the savior of the world. That by what he did on the cross, by hanging on the cross, removed your, your sinfulness, your blemishes, and he made you pure and he made you clean because he loves you so much. Tonight, if you're willing and you're wanting to accept that love of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're not just going to season, but you're going to truly preserve and you're going to live a life that honors him, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. Whether that's something that you're doing for the first time or you've fallen away and you're coming back to him, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. With nobody else looking, all eyes closed. One, two, three. Raise your hand tonight if that is you and you're choosing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There's hands all around the room. If you can put those hands down. Well, hey, I know that there's some new people in this room. And so every single week, we give an opportunity to do that for people to say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. And then we say this prayer. So we profess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe that God raised him from the dead. We believe that he's our personal Lord and Savior. So we're going to have this moment right now for you to say this prayer and truly accept Jesus Christ into your heart tonight. So just repeat after me and say, dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I'm sorry. I've sinned. Please forgive me. I want to live for you. I trust you. Help me to be the light of the world. Help me to be the salt of the earth. I love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, if you just made this decision, I want to encourage you to tell Lear about it, tell me about it. And the next step is to get baptized. And here at this church, at Crosspoint, at Movement Youth, when you make that decision, it's time to not just season and hide behind the scenes and and not do something with it. It's time to go public with that and to truly preserve. And so, and so we have this thing called water baptism. And if you made that decision tonight and you're ready to say, hey, I truly am a follower of Jesus and I do not care who knows, I want to make a public declaration, that is the way to do it, is water baptism. So talk to me, talk to a leader, and we'll make it happen. But now we have a couple songs. So let's all stand and let's worship together. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.